Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on Friday, June 4th, 2021. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce has been serving the community since 1941. It is an association of businesses, other entities, and individuals organized to encourage a strong local economy and quality of life by promoting commerce, sound government, and an informed membership and community. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. That's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. And joining us as co-host, the president and CEO of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman. Hey, Kelly, how are you today? <laughs> Today. Um, good morning. Happy <laughs> Friday, Joe. I am well. The sun is out. I'm happy. The marine layer is hiding today and um, no June gloom. So I'm, I'm fantastic. It's good to hear your voice. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you very much. I hope that's true for many, 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 many others. <laughs> uh, um, yes. You you do have a fabulous voice. I understand you have a little new venture you've broached into being the entrepreneur. You you are the quintessential entrepreneur. You are always reinventing I, yourself and do, doing something new. Yes, yes. And I've I've been um, uh, domiciled with my oldest daughter in Salem, Oregon, and I've uh, been enjoying being with her and just loving uh, the environment here and we've been exploring and we went to a place with irises and you you cannot believe the variation in the irises i mean there's a whole like i don't know a whole industry of iris like husbandry um different <laughs> colors and it's just amazing and, uh, and we're not talking about I the iris wanna... of your eye. We're talking about flowers. No. Yes. They're incredible. The colors are unbelievable. So that was my last adventure. We went to an iris sort of uh, um, uh, Schneider's or Shriners, Shriners Gardens in, in Oregon. Beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. They were amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> Beautiful. Sounds fabulous. Yes. I absolutely love it. It's always fun to get out in nature and do that. I took a little drive up the coast last weekend, um, started in mm-hmm. Malibu at Malibu Farm on the pier, which was lovely, and a little change of pace, and then went uh, up towards Santa Barbara and explored. And, you know, it's always nice. Um, we appreciate where we live, I think, and, and call you, home you left, more when you, you venture out. the bubble? You left I the did. bubble? I did. I like to leave the bubble. I leave the bubble often. Because um, it gives me a different perspective, and I like to see what's happening outside the bubble and compare too. So I did right. leave the bubble. Don't don't tell anybody. Don't listen. You know. Don't, hopefully our <laughs> listeners won't won't you tell on me. Um, I know people are always no, like, oh my gosh, no. Kelly, you you posted a picture outside the bubble. Um, anyways, so yes, um, all good. But I, I always like checking out um, what other cities and little towns and coastal communities are doing I, um, right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, outdoor dining continues to dominate so much of my world and and what we are doing mm. in the city. So <clears throat> it's always nice to um, compare what other cities are doing. And um, in the beginning mm-hmm. of the pandemic, you know, I would drive around and, and drive through L.A. And, and look to see how others were setting up the outdoor dining and maintaining it. And now the conversation is um, morphing into, you know, will it stay? How long will it stay? Will it be permanent? 
Um, will the city start charging uh, for the use of the public right away in, you know, uh, the parking areas, the parking meters, the sidewalks, everything. So um, I always like to, you know, do my research. Um, I call and talk to my colleagues in other cities, but there's nothing like a good visual, you know, of, of what is happening right. out there. And I have to say, Manhattan Beach still looks fantastic. Fantastic. And I don't just say that because I represent <laughs> Manhattan Beach, but we really do. And um, on Saturday, I was down in the Newport Beach and Orange County area and got a glimpse of what they're doing. And then on Monday, I went north up into Malibu and Santa Barbara, that area. And Manhattan Beach still brings game. I really do feel that with the outdoor dining. I think we set the standard, definitely in the South mm-hmm. Bay and um, comparable down um, going towards Newport was down in uh, Long Beach in Belmont Shore. Their outdoor dining is very charming, has kind of this, but uh, has been created in Manhattan Beach. But, you know, every city um, adapts differently. Everybody has different rules. And I have to say it is bustling and buzzing in Manhattan Beach. People are happy to get out. Um, there is, you know, still, most people still are wearing a mask and respecting that and um, the restaurants are busy the retail stores are busy you know they have a lot to make up you know some people were closed for almost a year uh, some of these businesses Mm -hmm. so and even if they were closed for a month goodness gracious making up you know that income and um, all the debt and and loans you know and cost um, are just you know uh, insurmountable honestly Mm -hmm. but um, it's exciting to see everybody is happy they're out and um, I will not say things are returning to normal because I have no idea what normal is these days. I'm not sure that anybody does, mm-hmm. but uh, there is a good buzz in the business community. And I think a lot of offices are starting, you know, to get their employees back in um, a lot of augmented type of schedules and creative working spaces mm-hmm. and schedules. But I, I do feel like we are making um Really nice strides. Let's just put it that way. So, um, and, and with that is coming openings of businesses. Um, you know, we, we did have openings during the pandemic, and now we've mm-hmm. got a bunch popping up. I was at the um, grand opening celebration of Edo Bites. That's E-D-O, Edo. Um, it's a small little restaurant by Eduardo Baldi from Los Angeles, and it's in the Manhattan mm-hmm. Village Shopping Center. Um, cool little restaurant serving kind of, you know, small bites salads, very healthy, and um, a very fun little vibe. The, the shopping um, area, the shopping center, open plaza area at the village is open and different, you know, restaurants and businesses are starting to get their individual spaces built out and opened. And that's a lovely new gathering place for Manhattan Beach and others to, who want to come enjoy the day. It's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. you know how Metlocks is, how there's restaurants and stores and people kind of gather and sit. Well, now there's somewhere east of Manhattan to do that um, at the mm-hmm. shopping center. So wonderful little restaurant, um, Edo. And then next week, uh, actually in two weeks, I should say, um, the opening of Eddie V's on Rosecrans Avenue over in the Continental Development um, section of Rosecrans is opening. Eddie V's is a part of the Darden Restaurant Group, which also has the Capitol Grill on the East Coast. And there's there's a couple other Eddie V's in California in Orange County. And um, beautiful steak, seafood type of um, offerings and menu, a little upscale. And they are opening finally in a couple weeks. So very excited. Um, you know, there are definitely... Um, wonderful signs of improvement in the economy and we're doing I'm super excited finally we're doing our first ribbon cutting in about a year and a half Uh, actually we did one a small (laughs) one during the pandemic we kind of cheated just a little bit uh, during the pandemic last August we celebrated um, the 40th anniversary of super sports but um, that was a fun one very careful you know socially distanced masked uh, celebration but this is our first um, big um, opening and 
celebration ribbon cutting. We're going to um, have a, a mixer and party at Culture Brewing, which is the tap room in downtown Manhattan Beach, just a couple doors down from our friend Sylvie Gabrielle at Love and Salt. A couple doors up, actually, I should say. And um, they have delicious craft beers that are made out of uh, the Solano Beach area. And our tap room in Manhattan Beach has been open for about six months, but we haven't been able to do anything. So we're officially launching and greeting them, you know, in true Chamber of Commerce, ribbon-cutting, mixer, party style on June 23rd. Everybody is welcome to come out. June 23rd at 5.30 will be the ribbon-cutting, and then from about 6 to 8 p.m. we will have a mixer. I'm so excited to give people the chance to get out and kind of have a business networking mixer and reconnect and just say hello and enjoy. Um, And um, this will be after the June 15 announcement that we're expecting from the governor that will – uh, we've been told repeatedly uh, by the governor and L.A. County Department of Health that um, business will be wide open on June 15th, mm-hmm. and capacity mm-hmm. indoors will return to 100% of normal. And uh, last yesterday, Cal <sighs> OSHA announced a bunch of new regulations that will require um, that's really uh, instituting safety regulations for employees and putting the onus on the employer. Mm-hmm. Um, if every employee at a place of business, no matter what the place of business is, um, is vaccinated, then the employees do not have to wear a mask. They certainly can if they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's mm-hmm. one employee that isn't in the area, then all employees will have to wear a facial covering to protect each other. And so um, those rules and regulations were just voted on by Cal OSHA. Actually, mm-hmm. like last night, they debated them all afternoon and um, so we'll get more on that in the next couple of weeks uh, and when we get all the actual you know everything in writing but uh, we're excited to you know have some parties I know a lot of other people are um, moving forward with functions um, and next weekend um, the mm. 12th is the annual it's the 27th annual Manhattan Beach Education Foundation wine auction um, however it is virtual <laughs> uh, yeah. They're just okay. under the June 15th announcement, and they're doing everything virtual. Um, it is uh, there is no cost to tune in. Um, they want you know the whole community to tune in and enjoy and participate in uh, the live stream, the you know paddle raise, the um, you know, you there's silent auction, there's live auction items. Um, next Saturday, mm-hmm. June 12th, from 5 to 7 p.m., will be virtual wine tastings. And then 7 to 8.30 p.m. is all the announcements, the raffle drawings, the live auction, and all that. You can go to mbef.org um, slash Manhattan Beach or Manhattan Wine Auction for more information. Again, that's mbef as in Manhattan Beach educationfoundation.org and um, and learn more about it and participate support the schools um, you know this the money that is um, uh, made during this night helps support and augment programs that state funding does not cover so very important to support that and um, the community always comes right. out and um, really opens up their hearts um, and their resources to um, continue to make our education uh, environment uh, world class. So that is what I have <laughs> right now, Joe. Fantastic. That's uh, that's uh, a lot of great things. Uh, life is really returning to normal. July 4th, that's the focus. What a great 4th um, of July it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, right? Isn't that weird to think because last year, um, remember the beaches were closed. We were we were reflecting upon that over Memorial Day weekend, how none yeah. of us were able to go to the beach. None of us were even able right. to walk on the strand. Remember that? Right. Oh my gosh, it, it felt so, so I, I, locked in, and yeah. um, that was. I remember personally that was such a weird feeling, not being able to even walk on the strand or ride your bike on the bike path or go to the beach. And um, we we were reflecting on that last weekend. And then, of course, um, that extended through July, you know, July 4th weekend. And um, there's never Mm -hmm. been a a, a prettier 
cleaner beach on July 4th <laughs> than in 2020. So, um, <laughs> wow. Um, let's just hope we uh, continue on this road to recovery that we are on and everything you know, continues to stay open and people continue to get vaccinated. So important. Manhattan Beach has a 77% right. vaccination rate. We're very happy and proud of that. And um, those that other 23% were encouraging to get vaccinated. Um, Cause that right. seems, and, and some they people can win can't. the lottery. Some people have medical. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I got vaccinated too soon. No, I didn't, but I, yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, oh my goodness gracious. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, Oh, my uh, yeah, that was, I think I would have a whole different tone on the Friday podcast if I won the lottery. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, very excited. And I'm excited for our guest right. today because um, she yes. has so much fantastic information for us. This is, uh, I guess this is a new program. I mean, anything under five years when it w- refers to retirement, I feel is like brand new. And uh, we want to know more about this. Um, who's our guest today? Uh, Joe, our guest today is a returning guest, very um, has frequented and co-hosted the show on many occasions. Yes. I'm very happy to yes. welcome back Deanne Flores Chase. She's the uh, founder of Chase Law Group in Manhattan Beach and uh, such a wealth of knowledge and a big participant in all aspects of the community. Um, she has been practicing law for nearly 20 years and founded South Bay Business Lawyers in 2007 and then changing the name uh, to Chase Law Group in 2015 with a mission of working with entrepreneurs, business owners, mm-hmm. and professionals to create a strong legal foundation for the businesses. Uh, Deanne is very active in the community. She has been the president of the Kiwanis Club. She has been the president of the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. She serves on the Mm -hmm. board with Leadership Manhattan Beach. Um, She works with women entrepreneurs, always lending her, um, her sage advice her expertise, and there to answer questions and, and give consultations to new chamber members and new businesses. She's just a delight to have in the community, and I'm very happy this morning to welcome back Deanne Chase. Good morning, Deanne. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Joe. I'm happy to be here, and uh, it's a beautiful Wonderful. day in Manhattan Beach. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Amazing day. We Amazing are... day. We are very happy to have you, uh, Deanne. It's uh, it's been a while since we've talked, but I I think it just feels like uh, yesterday uh, because uh, we've we've uh, been through so many different experiences, uh, uh, public and private, and and uh, we we did podcasts in your office, and we did so many different wonderful things together. This is new. This is different. I mean, even if it's only a couple of years old, that's that's brand new in the world of of retirement planning and and uh, let's 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 just dive right in. Retirement savings program, Cal Savers. What is this? Well, Cal Savers is a program that. A lot of um, small businesses in particular, this is coming on, starting to come on their radar um, as mm. a, a you know, state-sponsored program, state law-created program um, that mm. all businesses in California need to comply with. And basically what CalSavers is, is a, a retirement savings program for private sector um, workers whose employers do not already offer a retirement plan. And so mm-hmm. essentially the CalSavers program is, is a program that is implemented through the state of California, through the uh, CalSavers website, calsavers.com. And every mm-hmm. employer in the state of California is going to be required to register their business on the calsavers.com website, um, whether or not they offer a retirement program. So essentially what what the program is, is it says that um, uh, employers will register their businesses on the calsavers.com website. Then they are going to put in 
um, into the, the website, they put in their employees' names and information. And then the employees will then, um, through payroll contributions, um, will then be able to opt in or opt out of the program in order to have a portion of their payroll contributions set aside into a retirement account on their behalf. The nice thing for the mm-hmm. employers, just to, the employers are going to say, oh, my God, how much is it going to cost me, right? It's already so difficult running <laughs> in California. Right. But um, the good news for employers, just to kind of set that aside, is that the employers don't have to contribute. They don't have to pay to the program. They'll have some administrative tasks that are just basically through their their payroll. But um, but this gives every Californian an opportunity to um, – to, to have a retirement savings. So for employers, it really depends upon the size of their workforce. So, uh, mm-hmm. And there are certain deadlines that employers need to register on the calsavers.com website. So if you have over 100 employees you and you haven't registered, you're in trouble. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you should have <laughs> registered. By September 30th of 2020, so you want to, you definitely want to jump on the CalSavers website right away. If you have over 50 employees, the deadline is coming up at the end of this month, June 30th, to go onto the CalSavers.com website to register. And Mm -hmm. for small employers with five or more employees, they need to register on the CalSavers website by June 30th of 2022. So this Mm. is where a lot of of my clients, because my small business clients are usually uh, businesses with with less than 50 employers, is really uh, Mm. my, my client base. And so this is really, like I said, been coming onto the radar. our businesses have been struggling with, you know, dealing with AB5 and COVID regulations, and then a lot of them are starting to say, and 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 what is what is what do I need to do, <laughs> right? So, um, so employee employers with five or more employees have until June 30th of 2020 to register, but if you have more than 50 employees, you have until June 30th, 2021. So that's the end of this month. Right. Very, very good. This is, this is, is this really an opportunity for someone uh, to set aside a portion of their income, a portion of their paycheck, and then it goes directly into the retirement fund without being taxed? Is that really what we're talking about? I, um, you know, I'm not sure about the tax implication. I think mm-hmm. it's an after-tax. Uh, it's not a um, pre-tax. I think it's after-tax. And what it is is it creates a Roth IRA program. So the, so basically through the um, through the, an employee's paycheck, right? Their payroll, mm-hmm. the payroll contribution goes into this uh, Roth IRA, and then right, um, right. Yeah. And so basically, you know, I know that there are, you know, keep in mind, this is a state-sponsored program, but there are a lot of financial advisors out there, um, you know, and many members of our, actually, a Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce that I've spoken to that said that they, um, if employers are going to be looking at retirement programs, um, you know, CalSavers is an option, but there are also a lot of other options available um, that um, that employers can take into consideration. So I think that's also something for employers to keep in mind is, you know, this is not the only, you know, game in town, if you will, but if you don't already have a retirement program, this is, uh, this is a requirement. But, right. uh, but there are, you know, there are definitely some other considerations. And I think it's also really important for employers to know if you already have a retirement program in place, for your employees, you are still mm-hmm. required to go to calsavers.com. You are still required to register. And then at that time, the employers indicate on the calsavers.com website that they are exempt from the CalSavers program. Mm-hmm. So every employer must mm-hmm. report. And if you already have a program, you're exempt from CalSavers, but um, but you still need to uh, register and report that information to uh, to the state of California. Right, right. Okay, 
Um, wow, uh, this is really uh... well, Kelly. What were you going to say? Well, I, <clears throat> I'm just uh, one more thing, right, Deanne? <laughs> um, one more thing. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm one more thing um, for, for you know, all businesses, but particularly small businesses who just don't have, you know, the staff and the bandwidth or the department to deal with this always. So, right. um, okay, right. all businesses, all businesses, regardless of size, are actually with five or more employees. So uh, if a business has under five employees, they don't have to register. Is that correct, Deanne? That's right. That's, that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, but, I caution, I caution uh, just small businesses in, in general is another kind of issue that, that our small businesses have been dealing with is the distinction between who qualifies as an independent contractor versus an employee. So mm-hmm. I think it's also, you know, um, AB5, uh, the independent contractor law that went into effect in January of, geez, now I'm losing it, 2019. 20, uh, 2019, no, April, yeah. Yeah. 2019 um, that a lot of you know employers were dealing with is this is still an, an issue going on that um, that some small businesses hire people as independent contractors and the law in the state of California presumes that every worker that, that you hire in your business is an employee unless they meet a, a you know a particular test as far as who qualifies as an independent contractor um, and uh, if they don't pass that test, then you have employees. And so I just caution small businesses when they're looking at this law to make sure that the people they're hiring as independent contractors are not misclassified employees because they may think this law doesn't apply to them and then realize that if you have five or more employees, then you're required to register. Mm. Well... Okay, so, I don't want to be well, negative. I'm just... <laughs> saying, <Okay>, go on. <laughs> well, go on, Kelly. Before you get negative, before you get negative, yeah. Though, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, uh, Deanne. So, um, always good. It's always good to have a you know uh, refresher on the independent contractor you know uh, rules. Oh my gosh, it doesn't. It feels like 2019 was so long ago that we were discussing that uh, right before the <laughs> pandemic uh, when we had. Remember, we had that real quick um, uh, seminar that you gave at the beginning of that year. Um, yeah. Okay. So anybody. So regardless of size, even if you have two employees, you you can still register, correct? So it, to be safe or. Um, you know, it, really, every business should register on CalSavers.com. Um, it sounds like and uh, register their business and their employees. Correct? It it doesn't hurt. Um, you know, like as as Joe noted, this is a new program, and mm-hmm. for you know, and, and for this, especially for the smaller ones that we're looking, we have another year to kind of work out some of these details. I mean. If you have, like, like you said, if you have more than 50, you know, you, you, have to, you have to register by the end of the month. And that's, you know, there's no question whether or not you have, you know, that many employees. But for the small businesses, you know, the question of whether or not to register if, if you only have five employees on the books, for example. If you have two employees on the books, you don't, you're not required to register until you have mm-hmm. five employees. Um, so I think that, you know, whether or not to register with less is sort of an open question at this point in time, but you're not required to. And keep in mind, just to, to confirm again, employers with five or more employees do not need to register until June of 2022, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so just a reminder that, um, mm-hmm. that there's still time. Right. Um, but if, if they choose to register now or, you know, whatever, the next couple months and their, their employees um, could opt in to start saving through the CalSavers program now versus waiting until 2022. Uh, yes, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Okay. Um, now, if an employee um, changes – let me go back to before I ask that. Is this true for part-time and full-time employees in the – with any business with five or more employees? Yes. 
Okay. So, like, let's just take a, a restaurant who has, you know, multiple part-time employees, right? Um, mm-hmm. So um, a part-time employee counts as a full, you know, body and employee. So whether you're, you know, five or 50 or 100, um, if you're part-time, they still have to be registered also. And if an employee moves, um, changes jobs, you know, locations or whatever, do they um, – who is the onus on to um, – uh, move their record once they're registered. Like I'm, I'm assuming via their social security number, do they just stay in the system and then they have to tell their employ their new employer um, that they're already saving through CalSavers? You know, how does that work? Because people move around all the time. Yeah, people move around all the time. Well, I think that once they're once they're registered um, on you know on the CalSavers program, it's really becomes personal to the employee because. I think one of the benefits of this program is that it's portable. It's portable for the mm. employee to be able to move employers. Um, and um, so as far as who the onus is on to, I would think that it's kind of a combination of both. When an, when an employee leaves the employment of an employer, an employer is required, again, a lot of people don't know this, you're required to um, – to provide the employee with a notice of change in relationship, which sets forth, you know, the uh, the basis for the the end of the um, the employment, which then also will set the standard for, for example, whether the employer the employee gets unemployment and all those sorts of things. So, um, you know, uh, presumably at the time of the termination of employment, and it's not currently required, but um, and I'll I'll do some more research, maybe report back to you, and, and maybe write a blog on it. On um, on the obligation, you know, whose obligation it is when the employee leaves employment to report to the CalSavers program. But I do know that the, the one of the benefits of the program is that it's portable for the employee to be able to take it no matter where they go. Mm-hmm. Right. That's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Joe. Which, uh, yeah. You had a burning question, I think. Oh, uh- I had a burning – the only burning question really is it sounds fantastic. I mean, I, I, I personally have a Roth IRA, and I love it um, because it, it, once you put money in, it is, is never, ever taxed again. And that's really wonderful, Roth IRA. It's all, you know, uh, after-tax money goes in, uh, and then that after-tax money is never taxed again. Uh, and it's it's a great program. The key is, I hope there are no penalties for not registering. I mean, just one more, you know, one more box to check for California employers that if uh, they forget, what happens? Yeah. So what happened? No, I'm sorry to say there are penalties for non-registration. Oh, uh, so the way it works is that if you as an employer do not register, right, then mm-hmm. you will get a notice from the uh, California Employment Development Department, the EDD, a notice of noncompliance. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. As, if you get – so basically you have until the time you get your notice of noncompliance and then you need to register Within, within a certain timeline for that. And if you don't register after receiving a notice of noncompliance, then there's a penalty of $250 per employee. And if you don't register, I want to say it's within uh, 180 days, I believe, then there's an additional penalty, I think, of another $250 per employee. So, um, boom, boom, so but, boom. Yes, yes. Exactly. And um, so the uh, important thing is that these employers will or should get a notice of noncompliance from the EDD and then before the penalties apply. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not, you know, terrible. I mean, in that it's easy to avoid and all of that. It's just mm-hmm. I, uh, being an employer, I mean, being an employer of any kind is just a litany, a line, a, a checklist of things every day that you have to did i do this did i did i do this did did i do this did, I, i've got to call i've got to call dn 
I've got to figure out if, if Deanne, I've got to figure out if I've done this. <laughs> well, that's oh right. Gosh. Well, and that's why, I mean, we have a, you know, you, on our, our website, southbaybusinesslawyers.com, we have a blog mm. that we really try to uh, to write blogs. We have a newsletter that, you know, anyone is welcome to join where we, um, you know, we make an effort to keep our clients and our community up to speed on many of these different issues that are impacting businesses. Um, because, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're, my, my clients are calling me everything from, you know, of course, COVID, and then there was, uh, you know, use of the PPP program. We helped a lot of our clients yes. uh, through the PPP process and, you know, taking advantage of some of those benefits. But, but you're right. I mean, and, and like Kelly and I always talk about, it's so hard for these businesses to keep up with everything that's going on. And so, um, you know, so as a longtime member of the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce, I think that, you know, being in touch with your, with your local chamber is one of the best ways to, to keep mm. apprised as far as everything that's going on because Kelly has access to, you know, to the state government, to, you know, local state um, access to other chambers where the chambers are focused on, you know, helping, supporting, maintaining business. And so the, well, and a small employer, for example, is not necessarily going to be able to keep up on their own if they tap into the, to the resources that are available, then at least they'll have that in their inbox. So for us, for our our clients who have our newsletter, you know, we send out a newsletter every month and we update it with uh, recent developments. We have our blog. We, you know, have our social media where I'm like, we need to get this <laughs> out. You know, businesses need to know that there's a deadline coming up, you know. So we are really, we're all trying to, to help businesses to, to keep up with these things. Right. Right. Well, well we're grateful for, um, uh, thank you for the nice um plug for why you should belong to a chamber of commerce. <laughs> um, and, and I agree with you um, because we spend hours and days and months and weeks, you know, um, as do you, sussing through information at all levels, you know, city, uh, county, state, national, you know, federal level, you know, to bring the latest and you know, the most accurate information to um, all different types, all different sectors of business and, and sizes. And it is you know, it is, it's daunting, uh, and, and we do our best, and, and, of course, I know you do, too, so thank you for that um, little shout-out. Um, Deanne, what are some of the, beyond CalSavers in this, <clears throat> you know, what are, what are some of the, you know, trends or pitfalls that you have really seen in, uh, I don't even want to say the last year because things have changed so much, but whatever, the last six to 12 months, you know, what are businesses stumbling over, you know, the most? What, what, what advice can we give them today that will really help them? Well, I think, um, uh, well, with, with regard to the CalSavers um, program, I just want to remind them that, that there is a really, really well put together website, calsavers.com, that they can get their questions answered. Um, and I think, again, it's about knowing where the resources are. So, and with the independent contractors laws, you can always go to the, the edd.org website, you know, for more information about that. Um, so I hmm. think trending in my world, you know, there are questions now with vaccinations is employers are asking, well, can I require my employees to be vaccinated? Um, and can I ask employees if they have been vaccinated because Usually, for an employer, you do have to be careful about asking people for their medical information. Um, and so the answer is yes, you can require vaccination, but it's important for uh, employers to know that they still need to reasonably accommodate those individuals who may choose not to become vac vaccinated for you know, a sincerely held religious belief or if they have some sort mm. of a disability or something like that. So you know, with uh, with the new impact of vaccinations, that's a question um, that uh, that my clients are asking are asking me about. Um, there are also um, a, a new law that came into effect January of 2021 that's impacting uh, small businesses, employers with five plus employees. 
is the Cam- uh, California Family Rights Act uh, that provides um, unpaid protected leave for employees who um, who are not able to come to work due to a particular COVID-related condition, either on their own behalf or on behalf of a family member. Um, again, we have a well-written blog post specifically on the Fam- California Family Rights Act um, that is at southbaybusinesslawyers.com or chaselawmb.com if you look at our blog. And... Um, and that was written by Scott Liner, our employment attorney that, uh, that is a part of our firm. So um, I'd say those are, those are the biggies. Right. So the, right. Uh, the, the California Family um, Rights Act, um, and that is um, unpaid protectively for a family member who cannot go to work, cannot work, cannot be in the workplace, whatever, um, because another family member is has been uh, is sick or has been affected or something due to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, that means, the, uh, if I'm right, uh, does the employer, um, they don't have to pay them for the t- whatever time off they need, but they have to maintain their position. Is that what that is? Yes. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, a, it's a protective lead. Um, that allows them to be able to return to uh, to employment to their same or similar position. Right. Um, and so, uh, but employer, depending on the leave, because, it, you know, it could be whatever, a week, it could be a month or so, depending on whatever the... Um, the issue is so the employer can have maybe hire a temporary employee to fill um, that demand that that employer served but when that um, or that employee but when that employee is ready to return to the workplace they have to give them the same or similar position make room for them basically right right exactly okay yeah Mm -hmm. and then they're yeah and they're they're entitled to a certain amount of leave depending upon how many, you know, how many hours that they've worked and, and all of that. So, um, mm-hmm. so there are a lot of different, of course, a lot of different requirements um, that, that go, into, go into effect for that. And like I said, we've got some really mm-hmm. good blogs on our website that explain, you know, kind of what the rules are. And, we, and Scott recently did a, uh, a webinar that I think we're going to go ahead and maybe um, – put it back out there again that explains more about that. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. no, that would be great. And I, um, I, I just, you know, I think we should all just um, watch and tune into uh, Deanne's blog instead of watching the nightly news. I think we can learn a lot more from Deanne's blog. <laughs> <laughs> can I, yeah. I'm, just saying, yeah. I'm just saying that right now. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah, we've got to learn really good information. <laughs> um, uh, unbiased, right? Unbiased <laughs> comments. Um, oh, it's un- oh, yeah, it's unbiased. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I, I do watch the nightly news, but um, maybe I'll um, I'll, ver- I'll fact check via your your website what I hear on the news. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so <laughs> moving right along, um, uh, uh, is the Family Rights Act? Do you know it, 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 when you were mentioning that? It, I just had a um, I remembered a conversation I was having with a larger hotel client. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if it's the Family Rights Act or another name, another act or, you know, rule that um, in the hospitality industry, um, the larger uh, employers, I forget if it's 100 or more or 500 or more, um, have to offer – uh, so let's just say everybody was furloughed during the pandemic. Um, they have to offer, as they rehire um, and ramp back up uh, for recovery and reopening, they have to offer the position back to any furloughed employee before they can um, offer it mainstream uh, to somebody else. And I think, I don't have my notes in front of me, but I think they, the employee once offered has something like um, – 72 hours or something to respond. Are you familiar with that one by chance, Dion? Well, I think that those are the, um, those are the other, um, there's other state 
and federal rules relating to to leave. Um, mm-hmm. And that's Scott Liner, our employment lawyer. I can have him come and talk more specifically about all those all those requirements. Right, right. That's and, yeah. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but you just it just made me think of that when we were talking about that. So, okay, we um, I will I will look at the blogs and we'll we'll dig in with Scott on another time um, too because all mm-hmm. these things uh, once again this is just one more thing you have to um, you know to mm. to look at. But I would be curious too the other. Um, one of the big questions that's been dominating uh, my world in the last week or two since we've been hearing that Cal OSHA was going to pass these new regulations about um, requiring employees to have vaccination you know, proof in the workplace is when you're hiring. So, you know, everybody, um, gosh, I think everybody I talk to is really struggling to um, find and hire enough um, employees um, to come back to work, and true. When it's really difficult. Do you, and this might be a question for for Scott, but um, <laughs> if I know, sorry, I this is you know, uh, I'm just what it's like a domino right now. It's like one thing is opening up another thought in my brain. But um, is can you ask that when you're interviewing somebody? So like when you're interviewing, a, you know, a brand new like this employee, you know, didn't used to work in the workplace, anything? Can you ask? Or is there, can you make it a part of the application or anything? Can you ask a potential um, employee, you know, are you vaccinated before you hire them um, in the interview process or application process? And then um, I can only imagine that perhaps the propensity for legal issues with, uh, you know, perhaps uh, an employee, somebody who doesn't get hired saying, I wasn't hired because I wasn't vaccinated. Yeah, I, I would not recommend. I mean, there are very, um, very specific guidelines that employers really need to hi- to follow when they're hiring. There are a lot of things you cannot ask. I would not recommend putting that on an application. I think it's safer not to ask um, mm-hmm. just because you don't want to set yourself up for some sort of a, a discrimination lawsuit on, you know, on a, what's called a failure to hire and, you know, and giving any sort of a, an opportunity for someone to make that sort of claim. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, just, uh, just like, for example, a question an employer can't ask that, um, that you're always tempted to ask is, you know, how much, how much were you being paid at your previous employer? It's like you can't ask an employee that. Um, sure. You can right. ask them what their salary requirement is, you know, but you can't ask them specifically how much they were being paid from, by their previous employer. And so there's so many mm-hmm. technical rules on that that I, I think it's safer not to ask an employee you know, a potential candidate for employment, whether or not they're vaccinated, because number one, like we said, that can impact, that can raise some sort of a question maybe with regard to whether they have a pre-existing condition. I mean, that conversation opens up to if they're not vaccinated, then why aren't they vaccinated? Now you've opened the door to potential right. uh, questions that you just, it's just better, especially knowing that now you can, you can have an, a vaccination program after, you know, after they're employed, right, where you can mm-hmm. say, um, you know, that, that you know, have your employees be vaccinated or what have you. But, but again, it just, this is just like for my, and like I said, my clients are, are small businesses with less, like less than 50 employees on average. So, uh, so a lot of these small businesses, we're dealing with a lot of this as these issues, as these laws are being created. I mean, they haven't been tested. And so, um, so I think it is just really important for an employer to err on the side of caution um, before making any sort of major, major changes to what they're doing. And consult I agree. That legal is... advice. <laughs> you know, like I always say, you know, there are all these resources available. You can, I, I always tell my clients, go directly to the source, you know, go to the EDD, go to the CalSAVERS website, uh, go to a Chamber of Commerce. And then before implementing anything in their business, do seek your own, you know, legal counsel to, um, you know, to advise you on, you know, on employee handbooks and, you know, what sort of changes need to be made and updates and those sorts of things. Because, uh, you know, we're, we're, it's a tricky, it's a tricky universe for employers. And a tricky universe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> universe with all sorts of planets circling everywhere. Um, Deanne, since you mentioned it and since you are um, you are so good at this and 
I always, you know, when people call and say, you know, I'm thinking about starting a business, what should I do? Um, mm. And I just pretty much just say, call Deanne Chase. No, <laughs> here's the number. Um, but, you know, you, you and I have That's had right. this conversation. Yeah, we've had this, you know, and then I'll be at Scott, Scott Liner's blog. Um, but um, we've had so many conversations, you know, about um, new businesses and entrepreneurs and people, you know, and I know you, you lend a lot of your time and expertise to the Young Entrepreneurs Academy with the Chamber also. But, um, you know, even despite the pandemic, even during the middle of the shutdown, we were receiving, you know, calls, which I think is fantastic. People reinventing themselves or yeah. um, coming up with new ideas mm-hmm. and starting um, a new business. Um, so let's take the last, you know, five or ten minutes and um, and talk about that. And you know, give us, you know, give that advice. You know, if somebody's looking to um, either reinvent, reboot, or to start a new business. Um, you know, what are the you know top ten things or top five things uh, that you recommend they do? Well, I'll tell you, I have a a free ebook that I can offer um, on hmm. the top five legal mistakes business owners make, um, and they just text um, Biz Law to two six seven eight six, or they could just um, you know ask Kelly, and I'm happy to share that. But um, yeah, what we are really seeing a lot is um, post-COVID, a lot of people are just realizing, you know, they're downsizing, they're, they're really taking a look at where they want to spend their time and they want to have kind of more control over their, you know, over their, their life. And so a lot of people are starting businesses. So we've been really busy with, um, with new businesses and helping people um, to start up their new businesses. And, you know, I'm always asked, <clears throat> the big question is, should I form a business entity? Right. So I'm, you know, I'm a huge proponent for not doing business uh, in the state of California as a sole proprietor because um, that raises personal liability issues. And so I always recommend forming an LLC or a corporation. Um, And so um, and the the benefit of that is separates personal from um, from business liabilities as well as giving an opportunity to start to develop corporate credit from the start and making sure all your contracts are in the name of the entity from the start. So uh, so that's a biggie for me is forming a business entity. Uh, and then other things like when you're going to pick a name for your business, uh, it's always good to do, of course, you're going to do a Google search and look for domains and all those sorts of things. But uh, we recommend doing a uh, comprehensive trademark search and analysis to make sure that the name that you're going to select for your business is not the same or the, or a substantially similar name is not already being used by someone who's going to send you a cease and desist letter, you know, saying that they've already registered the name uh, and that they have a trademark or what have you. So, um, so those are a couple of the biggies. And then in especially if people are going into business as business partners, um, critical to get a written uh, partnership agreement in place that really takes into account, you know, kind of what the roles and responsibilities of each individual are going to be in the venture. And uh, and I always say come into a business venture with your exit strategy in place. <laughs> So I say mm. those are those are some of the some of the biggies for um, for this for this age where a lot of people are starting new businesses just simply because you know they they find that they have a passion for something that they've always wanted to do and say well why not do it now <laughs> right so it's just a matter of of being being cautious. So the more preparation before you open or start your business. Or if you're restructuring or bringing on a partner, I think all of that is um, so valid right now. The more preparation um, or going back and kind of doing a little bit of a review and a cleanup if you have changed your business or restructured um, pays off uh, in the long term. Because it might cost a little money now to do that, but it will probably save a lot of headache and a lot of time um, down the road. And I think... Uh, everybody is always in such a hurry these days that they don't often do, you know, the baseline prep work or research or, you know, legal foundation um, to to start um, a business. And, um, wow, um, 
you are such a, you know, you, Deanne, we're so grateful um, for businesses and members like you because um, you're such a wealth of knowledge and hopefully people listen. Hopefully they read our newsletters and your newsletters <laughs> and blogs <laughs> and, and they learn from it. And, you know, I, I always say if we can, you know, save or help one business at a time, then I'm happy. And, uh, and I know you do and I know we do and there's just always so much to learn. And, I, you know, I always give the analogy, hey, if you have a toothache or if you have a problem, with, you know, mm-hmm. a, a dental problem, you don't just yank out your tooth or, you know, get out a drill and drill your own tooth. You you go to a dentist. You go to a specialist, right, and, and do it. Mm-hmm. So same thing with this. It's so important to, you know, take care of your foundation, take care of your business or your partners or your family, whatever it is, and um, and know what you're doing. Yeah, well, especially you want to protect your family, you want to be able to, you know, build your your lifestyle, you know, the way you want to do it. You just need to make sure that you don't try to do it on your own because it's unfortunate that our that the media and some of these online, you know, companies will say you don't need a lawyer, you can do it yourself. But like you say, if it if it's if you're really wanting to do things the right way, uh, then you you should seek, you know, advice and counsel so you don't mm-hmm. so you don't mm-hmm. inadvertently make a, a major mistake. So, and I'm always, I mean, this is what my, I'm passionate about helping businesses and sharing, sharing whatever information I can. And that's why I'm always happy to, you know, put on a webinar, you know, talk to a, an organization and just share the information that, that I, as much information as I can. Mm-hmm. What, Wonderful. what do you think, Joe? What kind of question? I think Anything I'm else? better prepared. <laughs> And I, I love the idea of Cal Savers. I love the idea of state-sponsored uh, Roth IRAs uh, taking into account that, you know, uh, uh, what I was reading preparing for the show was that, you know, many workers are very physical workers, and there's, there's quite a bit of uh, um, writing and quite a bit of, of, of thinking about how we can make, have these workers transition uh, you know, when uh, the time comes for retirement because they can't be physical. They can't be lifting bales and toting barges because uh, physical labor has an end to it. Uh, mental labor has an end to it, but a much later end. I mean, you can be a teacher in your 70s, but you cannot be a physical worker into your into your 70s. So, um, these things are very important that we have to think about as a society. And uh, I'm very glad to, to hear about CalService and other programs like it. Yes. I love it. Um, Deanne, we've got just a couple minutes left. Do you want to review all of your contact information, um, you know, your, your blog, some of your text-to number, all, all these little different um, said, let's get them all in one um, place here at the end. So if someone's listening, sure. they um, have it all in one place. Sure. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm Deanne Chase, Chase Law Group. The website is chaselawmb.com or uh, southbaybusinesslawyers.com. And there's a link to our blog on the website. The um, For uh, the free ebook, The Top 5 Legal Mistakes, uh, business owners make. They can text BizLaw, B-I-Z-L-A-W, to 26786, and they can get that free ebook. Um, they can always, you know, give us a call, 310-545-7700, and if anyone references the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce or this program, then I'm, I'm happy to offer a free complimentary uh, 30-minute consultation. Excellent. And to find out more information about the Cal Savers program, they go to Cal Saver, K Savers, uh, Cal Savers plural. Cal Savers. Dot com. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cal mm-hmm. mm-hmm. to register or to find out more information about the Cal Savers program. And let's just reiterate um, any. Business with 100 or more employees should have registered by last um, September of 2020. Um, it's never too late. If you haven't, uh, I would encourage you to 
um, take out your AirPods and, and go to calsavers.com right now <laughs> and do that. Before June 30th, notice, actually. Right? June 30th, right, of last year. Mm-hmm. June 30th right, of right. last year was oh, June the deadline. 30th. Wait, so no, 100, 100 plus must be registered by September of 2020. That's what I wrote down. Is that wrong? Right. Yeah. It's employers with 100 plus okay. by June 30th of 2020. Yes. More than 50 employee, uh, employees by June 30th, 2021, and five or more employees June 30th, 2022. 22. I don't know how I got September, but thank you. So the June 30th of each year, last year, 2020, was for 100-plus employees. Um, this year, 2021, is for 50 or more employees. And then for the smaller businesses, 50 and under our June 30th of 2022. Again, go to calsavers.com um, to register. And that's it, Joe. I'm going to need to wrap it up. That's it. Well, that's been, that was a fantastic show, Deanne. That was just like uh, amazing uh, information. It's very important that employers know about these new uh, opportunities and requirements uh, for employers. <laughs> and uh, um, it's, it's great. It's a great, program it's really going to drive the adoption of uh, saving and uh, retirement planning deep into our uh, employment uh, population so uh, it's, it's a good thing um, thank you very much uh, Deanne Chase thank you for joining us today thank you for having me I appreciate it it's been fun thank you and thank you Kelly thank you Joe have a wonderful weekend You too. Bye-bye now.